Welcome back to the Sales Leader Show. Joining us today is a marketing titan, keynote speaker, and entrepreneur. He is the founder of Titan Marketer and Youth in Business. He's the first international guest that we've had on the show. Joining us today from Dudley Park, Western Australia, is Ben Jones. How are you doing today, Ben? Yeah, great. Awesome. Thanks for having us on. I really appreciate it, Robert. Um, Hopefully, we can deliver some great value to your listeners today. Uh, If you're listening, I really appreciate your time and uh, and your attention, and I look forward to helping you in any way that we can. Yeah, that's awesome. You know what I've noticed, and I don't know if it's just because we are a little bit cocky over here in the in the U.S., but I've noticed when I listen to other podcasts, people from especially maybe like England or or Australia other English speaking countries, they seem to be very polite and very gracious. And, um, I kind of wish that I was a little bit more like that, but I was a very gracious hello from you. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's <okay>. uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to ask the first thing, which is one of my favorite questions to ask most guests, but what, what's a commonly held belief about, you could say careers in general. I know typically we're more sales focused, but you have a maybe a different perspective. What's a commonly held belief about careers and how people manage them that you maybe passionately disagree with? Yeah, like I think um, basically with careers, I think a lot of people get stuck doing something they don't like. And uh, and, and I was actually a, a, got stuck in this myself. And basically we get taught to just get into a rat race and get stuck in that. And I think you can live quite an unfulfilled life doing something really well that you probably don't like very much. And uh, for example, when I was looking at leaving home, my dad had a rule. It was like you're going to college or university um, or you're getting some sort of trade um, or you're not leaving. And, you know, and why that's probably some really sound advice for me, I was quite entrepreneurial and I, I really like selling. Actually, I sh- should have gone into sales because, um, you know, I would have really enjoyed that. And basically entrepreneurship and, and business is all about sales anyway. Uh, but basically, you know, I ended up being an electrician for like nine or 10 years doing something I hated and I had to figure out, well, how do I get out of this? And for me, the, the way out of that was actually business. And I think, you know, life's too, life's too short to be doing something you don't like, you know, just, and I'm probably, you know, I, I disagree with it, you know, stay safe it'll be okay you know like you've only got one life like don't waste it doing something you don't like um even if you make less money and you're more fulfilled i would rather do that any day of the week and um and what's surprising to me is uh, having started multiple businesses now and uh, i guess getting to some level of success however you want to however you want to define that um yeah i think that's probably one of my biggest regrets is I didn't, I stayed too long, right? I made sure that I was making enough money to leave and I did it the comfortable way where I should have looking back on it, just burned the ships behind me and gone out and, and done it earlier. So I guess in terms of careers, if you're not liking what you do, stop, find something you do and do that. Right. So. Yeah. But I mean, I think that like I, I, uh, <laughs> so I, I think, I'm going to ask a question for my, my personal life, but I think this could apply to a lot of people because I've, I've started several businesses, as I mentioned to you before. And the reason I started them was because at that time in my life, it sounded sexy 
and I wanted to make a lot of money. And I didn't really think too much about, you know, how is this going to work? I mean, I can't, I came up with a plan that sounded good, but really I couldn't see a downside. I wouldn't look at it, you know, logically, I could only see it going well. And then I would just fail every time. So like that gives me a little bit of the chills when you say, yeah, don't necessarily wait till you're financially ready. But, um, but at the same time, is that a motivation problem that I had? Maybe I was going after the wrong things or what do you think about that? Um, well, I think the thing with this, particular podcast I can be a bit more aggressive with it because you know we're talking to people who can sell right so if if you can sell like if you have the ability to sell something and really anyone can sell right it's just getting out there and selling stuff um you know actually that is the skill you need right like that's the number one skill so there's probably two problems one can you sell yes two have I got people to sell to is it something people want and (laughs) yeah if you've if you've got those two things figured out, like it, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. Like, like for example, at the moment, my, um, my own kids, I have four kids, um, you know, they're selling, we're doing some markets in the lead up to Christmas and they're actually just selling like light up toys at a market down at our local like main street or um, what do you guys call it? Main road. I don't know what it's called there, but. Uh, we have main street. Yeah. We have main like street, a, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, so they're like down there selling that and, you know, like they made, what did they do last night? Like over two grand just selling these light-up toy things, right? Like, you know, wands and swords and whatever else and the margins on it are quite good and like it doesn't have to be a sexy business, I guess, is where I'm going with that. It just has to be that the numbers work, right? Like if you're, and make sure you got some good business principles. Like if you're selling something that's, um, you know, $10, it, it can't cost you any more than like, two or three dollars to like get source and sell right and i think if you if you hang around with those like one to three or three hundred percent margins and you've got something to sell like whether it's a service or a business you'll be fine i mean even if you just grab a lawnmower go knock on doors um you're gonna make enough money mowing lawns for that day to put food on the table as a worst case situation right so um you know if you're if you're a salesman you can go door to door and sell whatever you want (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's so true um yeah. yeah there's there's no there's no reason why you can't and if you enjoy sales or or whatever like understand that it's not going to be romantic when you get started um but you know like if you've got a good product or service and you know how to sell that has good margins then yeah just, just get out and make it happen right so i want to ask you so like what was the moment or maybe as a series of moments, but I guess a two part question, like what made you realize, Hey, like, I, I don't want to, was it electrician? You said, I don't want to yeah, be an yeah. electrician anymore. And then what actually was it immediate that you said, yeah, we're, we're going, we're going to start a business or what gave you the courage to, to make that change? Yeah. So actually it was probably a two step prong. So what happened originally is, um, I thought I could invest my way out of it. So I, you know, didn't really understand any financial education. And that was a massive problem for me because I just felt stuck in, in doing a job that, you know, was was good and I was quite good at it and I was getting paid really well. Um, but I was like, look, I've got to, like, I think when I left, I was on like 150K a year and I worked six days a fortnight or something stupid, right? So I was on like really good money. And I guess the problem with that is, 
you get like the golden handcuffs a bit, you know, like it's like, how do I, you know, to leave this is a big deal to earn less money. And, you know, I had, had little kids like, you know, like um, wife and a couple of kids and a mortgage and all the stuff. And you're like, well, this is going to end badly. If, I, if this goes bad, it's going to end horribly. Right. And, uh, and we put a lot of our, like, what do you call it? Like a lot of your um, uh, reputation or the way that you present to the world, however you want to look at that is, is wrapped up in your career and that you, you know, you've got a good job and all of that. Right. Um, so it's a lot to get over, but for me, I th- it was, you know, I remember reading a, one, like a book and going to a conference about investing in business and stuff and just being like, Hey, look, there is another way. I don't have to do this. And that was the big aha moment was, you know, there, there is another way. And I wish someone had sat me down in my twenties and told me that, you know, it's okay to take risk and to do this. Like no one ever lies on their deadbed, deathbed going, Oh man, I'm so glad I stayed in my safe job that I hated for the last 20 years. Right. Like no one says that ever. So, um, and you know, look, I've made plenty of business mistakes, but the aha moment probably came at that conference. And then I think then it just slowly eats at you. Right. So, um, over the years, you know, when you know there's another option and you see other people doing it and you're like, surely I'm as smart as that. And, uh, you know, you're like working away doing the thing that, you know, that pays the bills that you really hate. You're like, just, I guess, just feeling unfulfilled. Like it took years, man. Like I'm talking like probably about four or five years to actually make, like I tried all the side hustle thing, you know, like, ah, oh, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that, but I didn't really commit. And, um, and in the end, what happened was we ended up buying a bunch of online businesses that were doing really well. And, um, you know, that's where we made the transition to leave originally. And, um, since then we've gone on to start like multiple other businesses and all sorts of things. But, you know, the thing you leave with that you start with, you know, within five or 10 years, I guarantee you'll be doing something different and something bigger and better than what you first started with your first idea, right? Like, so I guess, I guess it's a journey. Um, just get out there and, and make it happen, I guess. If, 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 if you love your job, like stay there. But if you're feeling unfulfilled and you don't like it and you want to run your own thing and have the freedom, then, yeah, there's, it won't be easy, but it will be rewarding. So, Yeah, I love that. Okay, I got to know a little bit more about youth in business. Like what made you want to start that? When did that come about? I don't know how new it is. And, and what's your message there? Yeah, 100%. So Youth in Business has been around for about six or seven years now. Um, we actually started it with my son. Uh, basically, like uh, my wife and I got to a certain point. We'd sold some, basically those online business I was talking about and we were like, well, what do we do now? And I had um, some education businesses and things and I was like, you know, I'd love to teach. Uh, my son wanted pocket money, right? And I was like, man, I don't want to give him something for nothing. I feel like that's just such a horrible thing to teach people. You know, they basically teach you to be dependent on parents and later on society or whatever. I was like, how do we, how do we teach our kids to like have their own businesses and things and what could we do there and be self-sufficient? Like that was really the, the driver for it. Um, so basically he had some like Nana's Christmas money. We, we started a little herb garden. He would grow his herbs. I thought it was a great thing for him to learn. And then he'd package them up and go door to door. He's like the shyest kid, right? So the idea of looking adults in the eye and talking to them was like the hardest thing for him. I was like, that's exactly what we need to do. So, um, so we did that. He'd go door to door in our neighborhood and sell his stuff. Right. And that went really well. He ended up having like a herb subscription thing where people would knock on our door and pick them up. And, 
um, you know, is making some decent money out of it. And then we had other parents say, well, how do we do that? Um, and about the same time um, in another business that I had, my paths crossed with some um, now friends of mine who said, hey, do you guys want to do events and sell this from stage? I was like, no, not at all. <laughs> anyway, they, they sort of showed us and helped us how to do that. And before we knew it, we were speaking in most capital cities in Australia to rooms of about five to 800 people. We did a launch just prior to COVID in the UK, um, same thing in London and Manchester and whatever else. Um, and that's gone really well. So, I mean, the, the cool thing about that is the results that we get. So with the Youth in Business program, we've had my, most kids in their first month will do over $1,000 in sales with no business idea, right, which is really cool. I think the record is like, 5k and we have this thing where we just get them to start with $20 so you start with $20 you turn that into as much money as you can and you just sell like crazy right and um, yeah most of them will do over a thousand dollars which is really fun so we've got heaps and heaps of them you can check them out on the website all the different case studies we've got a bunch of kids who've done well over $10,000 in a month at our 10k club we've got kids who've you know done seven figures in a year Um, some of them have bought houses before they're 18 We've even had one of our kids write a book like how I earned more money than my principal and I wrote the forward to it, right? So kids have been in, in every sort of media and TV station here in Australia. It's it's just been absolutely crazy. It's probably the most rewarding thing um, that I've ever done. So if kids can do it, if kids can get out there literally on 20 bucks and make $1,000 in their first month, that's why I'm, I, can, I think I can be a bit forward and say, look, anyone can do this, right? Like just get out there and sell. So yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I've got five sons of my own and uh, I've had those same thoughts. Like, man, like the same thing. Like, I can't just give you money. Like, I grew up too entitled. You know what I mean? Like, I had to learn a little bit of that in my adulthood being like, oh, I got to actually take care of business, you know, and I want them to be more prepared. So um, I love that. That's such a cool idea. I mean, do you is there any uh, online version or anything in the States that, uh, that, that I'd be able to check out? Yeah, man. Um, well, if you check out our website, it's just Youth in Business. We actually have some free training and uh, we go through a bunch of examples on how to get started. And we, give, we give away like 101 cool ideas and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like because the biggest thing is like, well, where do I start? What's the idea, right? So, so you can check all that out there. Um, just go to youthinbusiness.com. It's, it's all sitting there ready to go. Uh, but yeah, we want to obviously be able to help as many kids as we can, right? So the thing I really love, like the, there's two parts to it that really I think like drive my wife and I to put this together. Like one is it's basically um, the first one is like teaching kids how to sell. I think that's great. But more importantly than that is the $20 challenge is that's what we call it when they get started, right? They start with $20, they sell their way into as many sales as they can make in that first month. And there's a framework to it. But basically, if you're down to your last $20 and let's say you learn how to turn that into $200 or even $100, right? You'll never be poor or hungry ever in your life, right? Like if we could teach people how to be resourceful with their last little bit of money and you don't even need the money really if you look at how the challenge works. You can just go out there and sell something before you have it. We call that sell it before you build it. You know, they would literally cure world hunger, right? Like it's 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 a pretty passionate thing. I think today's generations of kids, um, you know, there is a lot of entitledness going on. <laughs> and uh, My kids go to a private school, so I definitely see it. Um, 
And, you know, like, I think if kids are given the chance that to, you know, be self-sufficient and do their own things, you'd be surprised how many of them will take it up. So, so that's really passionate to us. Like, I feel like that could literally be world changing if we could just get people to learn that one skill. Right. So. That's amazing to think about when you try to kind of expand it out to globally, what could that do for people? It's so true. I mean, there's always opportunity to, to sell something, right? There's always an opportunity to sell something and, and, uh, create value. That's really cool. I'm definitely going to check that out with my kids. Um, I, I, I am curious though. Like, I don't know, maybe with your experience in business that I think this question could apply to youth as well as just anybody, you know, but the question is what should every young person, or we could just say person do if they want to be in business that they're not doing now? Yeah. Le- learn how to sell straight up. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, like, yeah, I have a a particular child that struggles at school and I'm like, look, man, half the crap, most of the crap they teach you at school, I don't know if that's the right word, probably, you know, most of the stuff I should say they teach you at school is, that's perfect. (laughs) Is, um, it's just rubbish, right? Like, like if you can learn one skill and it's a skill to sell, you'll never go hungry and you'll always be able to sort yourself out. Like, Good salespeople, people who can sell are hard to find, right? So, and it's a, such a really good skill. Like sales and marketing, I think, you're, like, obviously the two go hand in hand, but learning both of those um, is, is a great skill. I think every young person should learn. And I think the other thing is um, not only the ability to sell, but if you understand the numbers of business uh, with along with the this ability to sell, like you're pretty much going to have a skill set. Like even if you end up in a career, like let's say you end up as a dentist or a doctor or a lawyer or a physio or, you know, even something that doesn't have a degree attached to it and and you're working for another person, you're going to understand how that business works, right? Like you're going to understand like how can I how can I be like a really valuable employee here and add to the bottom line instead of just being like I just expect a paycheck, right? So, um, So I guess like for young people, like I'm really passionate that, the young people should learn that and and even even older people like if like i said before if you're doing something you don't like and and you want to give it a shot like you know do something on a saturday go sell something what, what can you sell like what and i guess what value can you add to the marketplace that's the big the big question right so and um yeah have, there's so many options right like it's in today's world of the internet and whatever else like yeah there's just so many different things you can do do you ever run into people or kids, whoever you may run into, that maybe they wish they they would do something, but they kind of like feel lazy or they just don't have any motivation to do anything uh, productive? Ha- have you ever run into that or are most of the, the people you deal with pretty motivated? No, 100%. Most kids aren't motivated, right? <laughs> So, right that's what i would assume <laughs> yeah so um and and people like um you know the the reason a lot of us don't have a great life is because we're too comfortable in a good life right like a good life is the enemy of a great life and and being comfortable is the problem right so um you know if i held a gun to your head and said hey 
you have to make an extra $5,000 this month selling something. You don't even know what it is yet. I could guarantee you could figure that out, right? Yeah. So the, the problem is we're just not adequately motivated enough or, or driven enough to make it happen. And I think there's really two things there. So one is obviously you have your pull motivators and your push motivators, right? So your push motivators will be like, if we don't make an extra $5,000 this month or whatever it is, you know, they're coming to take the house or right. know, whatever it is. You you will figure it out, I promise, right? Yeah, that would be yeah. a massive push motivator to make that happen. A pull motivator is usually something that you're looking for. Like you know, if we hit X amount of sales, we can buy this. And I find with kids, that's the best thing because they all want something and it's usually not very expensive. So, um, you know, for example, my son wanted a Nintendo Switch or whatever. It was a couple hundred bucks. So we're like, all right, cool go sell something, figure it out. So he did, went and sold it, bought himself a Switch. What was really interesting though, um, oh, and my other son wanted some stupid Lego thing. It was like two, $300, like an electric train that he could drive off his tablet or whatever. I was like, okay, go sell something. And they both sold different things, but the one who bought the Lego, he was quite young. So he literally packaged up like caramel popcorn and made brownies and went down to his local football thing and just like sold everyone there all this stuff that he made and he made a couple of hundred bucks in an afternoon and went and bought his Lego, right? So it doesn't have to be like this big, massive idea, right? Like it can oh, just be We overcomplicate as, it. We totally overcomplicate it. <laughs> it just can be something as simple. Like that's not hard, right? Like yeah. um, anyway, like it was, what was interesting, I was talking to my other son about this and he's like, oh, dad, do you remember what you got for Christmas when you were a kid? Because Christmas is coming out. I was like, man, I can't even remember. He's like, oh, well, that's pretty silly. And I'm like, okay, cool. I said, can you remember what you got for the last three Christmases? And he couldn't do it. Like he could remember like one thing. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I said, I said, can you remember the things that you've bought for yourself over the past year or two? You know, your Nintendo Switch, this, this, like all these different things. He's like, oh, yeah, I bought this and that and that, whatever. And the reason why is because he had to work for that and he had to earn it and go out and sell for it and put some effort into it, right? Like those things had meaning for him. They're the things he's going to remember when he was 20 that, oh, yeah, I was able to enable myself to get these things. He's not going to remember all the stuff that we bought him or the holidays that we took him. Well, I probably remember the holidays, but do you know what I mean? Like the things that you get given don't have the same intrinsic value, if that makes sense. So mm, That's really interesting. I love it. Uh, something you said a second ago too kind of triggered a memory from childhood where when I would ask my parents for something that I wanted, I would often hear, we we can't afford it, right? Uh, we can't afford it. We don't have the money for that. We can't do it, right? And uh, what, you're, you're, what you did instead was, sure, you can have it. You can have whatever you want, basically. But yeah, just go earn the money, you know? And what a cool lesson for a kid to learn that, hey, if I want something, I 100% can go do it and get it, right? Um, instead of feeling like, oh, we're, we just don't have the money, you know? It's like, well, the money's there. You just need to go get it, right? You need to go get it. That's a really cool, I don't know why I thought of that just now, but I, I thought that was a really cool uh, contrast to what my experience was growing up. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, I had the same thing growing up as well. And I think most most of us hear that, right? And um we were quite intentional with it with with our kids of never saying we can't afford it ever right so like even even in even when you like just kills me to even say that sentence right <laughs> so um like it's a whole mindset thing and i think it was uh, robert kiyosaki he was like you know um wealthy people never say we can't afford it we just figure out how do we afford it 
right? So, and I think, you know, that was a big lesson. And I was like, well, I'd never want my kids to think that, you know, something is unreachable. Like literally at the moment, my, um, how old is he? 11 year olds, like, I want a motorbike, right? I'm like, okay, cool. And like, that's a bigger <laughs> thing. And most yeah. parents would be like, hey, man, we're not buying you a motorbike, right? Right. But um, we said to him, okay, cool, go sell some stuff, make it happen. And literally within the space of probably two months, he's going to, well, in the next couple of weeks, he's going to have enough money to buy himself a motorbike. <laughs> so that's so whether, crazy. Whether I want him to have a couple of thousand dollar motorbike is a whole nother thing. Um, right. but same, with, same with my son. Like my other son was like, oh, I want a sick one laptop that costs like, a couple of thousand dollars or whatever. I was like, okay, cool. Well, the one I have to buy for school meets this spec, I'll pay up to like whatever it was, $700. I said, if you want something cool, then you have to add the rest. And um, yeah, away he went and ended up with, you know, two and a half thousand dollar laptop he's busting around school with, right? Oh, um, but he paid for the most part of it. And guess what? He looks after it really well. I don't have to tell him not to, you know, to look after his stuff because they value it more because they've put the money in it. Could have I bought him the expensive laptop? Yes, I could have. Would have that taught him anything at all about life and how to get things that he wants? No, not at all. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the same to me. Yeah. Sorry. I I was just going to say, it's kind of the same to me of like your story of when you were an electrician and you decided, Hey, I'm going to actually buy these businesses or, or whatever. Right. Um, you had to believe that you could do it first. You couldn't, right? You had to say like, no, I can do this. I can change careers. I can do this. And like you said, it took some time to get there probably, but uh, that message, I mean, we need to teach ourselves that, right? We need to say, no, if I want it, I can go do it. I just have to do the work. It's not going to be given, but I have to go figure it out. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely perfect. Um, I really like a quote. I think it's from Henry Ford. Uh, basically said, if you think you can or you can't, you're right. And uh, so for me, I was like, you know, that's so true. Like you've got to be mindful. Like I think I can go do this thing is not the same as we're definitely going to go do this thing, right? So having some certainty around what it is that you're going to do and, um, you know, putting yourself in a way where it would either, you know, like it's okay to fail. And I I think that's another thing like culturally that we're not like in the Western culture, we're not okay with because we literally go to school and they teach us that failing is bad for like, you know, probably a third of our life. Right. So, and even like, um, like risk, like entrepreneuring to being an entrepreneur today is cool versus what it was like 10, 15 years ago. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, going out and, and failing at something can be, can be terrible, but, that's how we learn everything. Right. So, you know, like it's something that we need to be okay with failing. Like I've made heaps of failures in business and all sorts of different things to sort of Mm. get to where I am today. But as long as you learn from those failures, then that's okay. And you need to stop beating ourselves up about it. So if you tried a few times, start a business, for example, and it didn't quite pan out, that's okay. At least you tried, like, what can you learn from that? And we have a saying we teach with the kids, I teach my kids is like, I'd rather you aim for the stars and hit the ceiling bounce off and go out the window, right? Like it's okay to fail. Like it's okay to, to do those things. And I think that's something that the, a lot of people are just scared of failure. Like that's the one thing that they're afraid of, but it's the one thing they need to teach them what they need to do next. Right. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, fail forward, I guess. That, that reminds me of a quote um, that's, oh, geez, I'm going to botch it, but it's, it's like um, anything 
that's worth doing well is worth doing horribly at first, which basically means you're going to fail at it, right? You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. But if you don't do that, you're never going to get the experience you need to get good at it. You have to do, you have to suck at it first, right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Sure. Sorry, you were going to say something. No, nah, no, nah, that's, nah, no. I just agree with that 100%. And it's okay, okay. to suck for a little bit, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, what I want to end on is this. So, Speaking of failure, is there a specific one that you've experienced that you think maybe a lot of us are heading to, meaning that we aren't, we don't have the vision or we don't have the belief or whatever it may be that we're, we're going towards a failure that we can prevent, but maybe you've experienced that. Um, yeah, I can share. Well, obviously uh, I've had heaps of failures in life, right? Like I'm far from perfect, but I think there's probably two parts to that. One is like failure is a good thing. You've got to, got to go through it and learn from it. And as long as you learn from it and uh, so we sort of live, I've had to live by this saying as well is that um, life lessons are repeat until you learn the lesson. So if you think about it in life, mm. there's probably things that keep coming up, right? Like you keep failing at this particular thing, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason that that keeps happening is because you haven't learned the lesson yet. And life is just one big chain of failures that are going to happen until you learn the lesson. Right. So, um, so learning the lesson is really cool. Now, if it's a big enough failure and you really stuffed it, um, what my wife and I'll do, and look, let's be real. There's plenty of them out there. Anything from like, if you've got kids, man, you fail at that all the time. All the time. If you've got a business, you've made failures in that thing, like once a week, I guarantee. Right. So like there's, as long as we learn from them and that's the big one. So if it's a big enough failure, my wife and I have this thing, we call it the never, ever again dinner. Um, so if something really big happens, like we lose a business partner or, um, I don't know, COVID comes along and, you know, knocks half a million dollars out of our business or something or those things that will happen. Like, what do we do with that? Um, so then we'll go out and we'll have like a never, ever again dinner and we'll be like, right, how do we make sure this never happens to us again? And we'll sit down over dinner and we'll write it all out. Um, and that's really cool because we learned a lesson and those things will never, ever happen to us again, right? So that's one. Um, how we deal with failure. The other one is what's something that I've experienced that I think others may be headed for to answer your question. Uh, that's sort of the second part of my answer. And for that, look, one, I can just talk about my own personal experiences. One of my big problems is I always like to plan the, when I first got started in business was plan the better plan instead of making the better sale. And I think a lot of people when they're thinking, look, I'm going to leave my job or I'm going to start this side hustle or I'm going to do this business, you're taught to come up with, you know, like 10-page business plan, you know, 50-point branding guideline, all this stupid rubbish to go and start a business. And you end up with all these documents and things and you basically plan the better plan and nothing happens. And when you go implement the plan, within about two weeks, that plan's completely useless anyway because you've moved in another direction. And, I mean, if you go to college or university and you learn about, you know, let's say you go get a you know, business degree of some description, they're literally going to sit you down and teach you business by people who've never been taught business before or never run a business, I should say. And they're going to say things like, look, if you're profitable in the first year, that's fantastic. That's just so rubbish, right? So um, what you really should be doing is, look, if you're profitable, you should be profitable straight away. And this is where you come back to selling it before you build it. And that's the one thing 
that we teach the kids when they first get started. But it's the one thing I wish I had to learn when I was a teenager. If someone had just told me, look, sales cures all in business. Go out and sell, make some sales, and then figure out the rest, right? So if you've sold a product or a service or whatever, even if you don't have the product or a service but you've made the sale, you can figure out how to deliver on that, right? Mm-hmm. But you need to have the sale first and and that's the big problem. So that would be the number one mistake. Like, for example, I went to start like an online business. Like I'd already bought a couple but I thought I'm going to create my own. I literally spent like two months creating the plan on how to do that. It was so dumb. And then we did it and it turned out nothing like the plan. And I was like, that was the biggest waste of time ever. And <laughs> the, the reason for that is because I planned it first. So sell it before you build it. Like if I can leave you with anything, like I've literally had multiple seven figures with that, like sell it first then figure it out. It's like the coolest thing ever. The other thing I would say is um, with the sell it before you build it, <laughs> my business partner came up with sort of a saying for it um, as we were taking him through a new business. He was like, look, basically like you're flying the plane before you've built it so if you can think of think of that as analogy like you're making the sails and you're trying to like strap the wings on and you're like putting the engine on as you're getting up into the air now when you get to a certain point like let's say i don't know whatever point this may be you feel like you kind of you're going okay the sales and stuff are coming in in your business so sell it before you build it build the plane by your flight but then when you get to a certain point like it might be ten thousand dollars a month or a hundred thousand dollars a month but there's going to be a point where the plane's kind of flying, right? Whatever that is. At that mm-hmm. point, I switch the culture or the thought process from sell it before you build it to, um, you know, do it right or do it twice. <laughs> that's where mm-hmm. that's where you start, like you know, furnishing the plane and making sure it's nice inside. Otherwise, you'll just repeat the same lessons, right? So, mm-hmm. when you're first getting started, be okay with like making lots of mistakes. Understand that you are flying a plane that's not built. Just get it up, get it going, and then then tidy it up once you get out there. But the biggest failure I think a lot of people are headed for is they want to create that better plan instead of making that better sale. So forget the plan. Just go out there and sell it before you build it. Have a sales target. That's about the only plan you need and figure it out. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, last, uh, last thing, and then, uh, then we'll get to how we can connect with you. But... I wanted to ask, that's a bit of a surprise. I just thought of it. So I apologize. Oh, for far away. You. But uh, just in closing, what's maybe one to three things that listeners who might be hearing some of these ideas for the first time can should do? Like what is one to three things they can take action on and, and start doing today to get closer to where they want to be? Yeah. Um, one to three things. So I guess the first thing is know where you want to go, right? Mm-hmm. So I always have like, if I'm ever asked to speak on mindset or anything, I really love that Alice in Wonderland um, moment where, you know, she walks up to the Cheshire cat and she's like, oh, where should I go? And, um, you know, which road do I take? And the Cheshire cat turns around and says, well, where do you want to go? And she goes, I don't really know. And he turns around and basically says, any road will take you there, right? <laughs> and I, I think that's the a big problem in society. I think a lot of people are just walking around. I think we lost your audio somehow. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, we're back from some technical difficulties. Uh, so I want to just re ask Ben, we were talking about the failures 
and you talked to us about the first part of your answer. But what was the second part of your answer as far as what what failures people may be heading towards and how they can maybe prevent it? Sure. So the second part of my answer to that was, uh, look, basically we want to plan the better plan instead of making the better sale, right? And um, can you hear me okay? Is the sound coming through? Yeah. So basically, yes. uh, you know, we want to plan it out. I, I spent ages planning out a business once and, you know, bought some business, so I'm going to create something on my own. And it took me like two months to just write it all out. And I went and did it and it was just total rubbish and didn't work. And uh, so I was like, ah, oh, that's so, so annoying. But I think what we needed to learn and what I wish I learned earlier in the piece was just go out there and sell it first and build the business as you go. So um, that's, that's really the, the key thing that I think you can do is sell it before you build it, get out there and do it and, uh, and make that happen. So I know Love we it. had this little bit out because I know we're recording, but did I talk about the plane and everything before? Yes, you did. Yeah, we did all that. So I think the question that we were stuck on, I think you asked at the end, I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah, I may, I may, I may have asked a follow-up. That's a good point. Man, these technical difficulties, man. I think um, it was going to sound like, because um, I know I was going to talk about Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, you talked about, about the Cheshire Cat. You did talk about that. So I think we're you're saying, about to go um, into something. So yeah, how do people get know how to get to where they're going or something like that? Is that it? Oh, you got to know where you're going. The one to three things, right? You're yeah, right. I went too far back. It was the one to three things that they can take action on. Yeah. All right. Cool. So one one to three things. So I think we got to the Cheshire Cat. Like know where you're going, right? We did that. Correct. Bit. Yep. Cool. So one is one is to know where you're going. The second is once you know where you're going, just go out there and make it happen. Don't plan it. Um, that would be a really big bit. Like have a sales target, like a figure you want to hit, and it's okay if you don't hit it, right? But you know, like be okay with having a number that you want to hit and just going out and trying to make it happen. Uh, that's that's really 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 important. And I guess put some motivators in play. Um, you know, if you quit your job, you'll be motivated to make it happen. Right? You have to make that work. You know. Um, if you've got, you know, make yourself accountable to something. So like, for example, at the moment, like I want to learn how to like get a bit more healthy and do running and stuff like that. So another thing you can do is change your peer group. Um, so I started hanging out with people that, you know, do swimming triathlons and all sorts of stuff like that. So for me to sit around with them, you know, they want to talk about that stuff. I don't even understand the whole space, but you know, I've gone and bought a thousand dollar running watch and started doing running and whatever, because, you know, I want to hang around with people who are doing the things I want to do. So I guess that's a big, massive, like, the one is, like, put those motivators in place. Like, I want to be, you know, I might hit this sales target. Burn some ships behind you if you need to. But also, like, get around a peer group of people doing what you want to do because it'll be way easier if you have a support network, right? So if you want to start a new business, go down and join the Chamber of Commerce with other business people. Make some business friends, you know. And if you're introverted, like myself, you're not really keen on getting out there and meeting people, um, well, it's too bad. You know, like if you if you really are committed to this whole thing, like, you know, go make some friends doing what you what you want to do and you'll be really, really surprised. Even if you have to pay to get into a mastermind full of those people, like that will really help. If you've got a good peer group and you've got some good motivators in place, that will make you get there. And in terms of taking action, like I know you guys are all in sales, right? So you guys know how to sell anyway. It's like the best gift ever get out there and sell like if you're selling for a company that's great but maybe sell on the side like 
what can you sell for you or what services could you sell um, to bring in enough income or, or, you know, sell something that you're really passionate about. Maybe you're selling something that you hate, right? Ethically, it doesn't sit with you. And I know a lot of salespeople suffer from that. You sell something truly great that you love and you, you literally, if you do stuff that you enjoy, you never have to work a day in your life, right? So I guess that would be the next couple of steps. One, know where you want to go. Two, put the support network or the motivators to make it happen. And three, just get out there and sell and, you know, grow your business, grow you, whatever it might be. But without sales, nothing's ever going to happen. Yeah, I love it. All right, man. Well, tell us where we can connect with you, learn about what you have going on and, and uh, get involved. Yeah, come on. So look, connect, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. So if you type in Ben Jones and Titan Marketer or Youth in Business, either of those are fine. You can visit both of the websites. So uh, Youth in Business is all around helping kids start businesses. I also run, which we didn't really talk about today, I also run a um, you know consulting and also helping people grow their business to multiple six or seven figures with YouTube advertising. So we, we do a lot of that, um, helping business grow on YouTube at the moment because let's face it, Facebook sucks. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you want to really grow your business out with like paid ads on YouTube, we have really cool systems and hopes of free stuff that we give away there. So you can check that out, Titan Marketer. But yeah, look, like LinkedIn's great. If you want to connect with me personally, love to say hi and um, and connect with you in whatever way that we can. And and hopefully, like I've been able to help you guys on this on this podcast interview today. Uh, thanks, Robert, for having me. And hopefully, I've been able to. You know, be worthy of your attention today and wish you guys all the best in whatever adventure you guys go on next. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I will definitely link all of that in the show notes as well as on YouTube. And uh, for now, we'll say bye to the audience and we'll hang out a little bit after this.